Justin Jefferson made the rounds at Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Had a couple interesting things to say about Kirk Cousins and his contract situation, so let's dive into that whole kit and caboodle on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. My hashtag everydayers. I love you all so very much. I appreciate you all so very much. If you are new here, hello, what's up? My name is Luke. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including on SiriusXM, uh, the SiriusXM app. We're hosted there. Uh, and you can also find live broadcasts of all so, uh, hometown sports games, whether they're Minnesota teams or otherwise, on the SiriusXM app. Just search it out. We're going to actually talk a little bit about SiriusXM Radio because they got a uh, an interview with Justin Jefferson. I'm actually going to play you a clip from them in a second because I think we have to listen to it in full before we talk about it. Uh, you can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku if you download the Lockdown Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. So, Justin Jefferson went on Sirius XM Radio, the Mad Dog Sports Radio program, which you can find on Sirius XM 82, and uh, he was asked about his contract situation, in particular, you know, the fact that he's going to make a lot of money and the fact that the Vikings haven't done it yet. Here is the entire quote as it was posted by the Mad Dog Radio's official Twitter account. What about the latest on your contract? Because my goodness, Justin, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, break the bank. Let's, let's go. Whatever they're offering you, it's got to be more. I, and I love my guys with the Vikings, but what's the latest here with your contract? Hey, I'm right there with you, man. I want to, I want to break the bank and I want to be a part, you know, of an organization, you know, that wants me and, and to, to really give me what I, I deserve. So, you know, um, I feel like, you know, eventually, um, you know, the Vikings will, you know, do what they need to do to have me in the building, but, you know, it, I don't really know at this very moment. You know, uh, only time will tell. Um, I feel like I have the right people in my, in my circle to, to, you know, negotiate and to, you know, do what's right. And um, I feel like this whole process of how we handle things and um, how we, you know, went accordingly with the, the season and the contract stuff, I feel like we did a great job with it. What if you don't get it from Minnesota? Would you consider, you know, all different options or how would you play that out? Um, I'm not really too sure at this very moment, you know, uh, I mean, I, I definitely am grateful for what Minnesota has done for me. Uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't be in this situation uh, if they didn't pick me, you know, just to be the fifth receiver taken. Uh, I'm still pissed off about that. <laughs> me and you both. Oh. Me and you both. But uh, I mean, just uh, just with everything that has happened and everything that I have gave for the organization, uh, of course, I would you know want to stay, and uh, that's why I've, I've been calling home ever since I got into the league. So, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. But uh, I just want to play football. That's Adam Shine, by the way, uh, asking questions. So, what did we learn? 
right? What are the what can we summarize the things that he said? Just face value, right? Don't go psychoanalyzing. Don't try to read between the lines and try to read whatever you already believe into his words. That's a big trap, right? Unless you like know Justin Jefferson personally, which most of us don't. <laughs> it's really, really hard to be like, well, he actually means he wants out of Minnesota when he says he wants to come back to Minnesota. Like, you're never going to prove that to me uh, unless you like are his mother. I don't know. But um, so face value. What does he say there? Right. I want to break the bank. OK, that's information. Uh, you know, I I hope that they'll do it. OK, that's it. So he hopes that the Vikings will, will pay up. He wants to stay in Minnesota. He's grateful to Minnesota. And he believes he should have been the first wide receiver off the board, which is a pretty easy take to say right now. Uh, so those are the things that I gather from that. None of that is new. None of that is anything I didn't already know. I think maybe the only thing that's new there is that he, I don't know if he's like said as brashly, hey, pay me a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it was always known that he was going to make a lot of money. But hey, if you were somebody that thought he would like take a hometown discount and like, you know, sign for 15 million a year or something obscene like that, then um, I guess now you know that that's not an option. Uh, but for the rest of us, yeah, that, that doesn't add a whole lot. What it g does give you is a great headline if you want a, to write a stub article, put no effort into it, and get a bunch of clicks. So if you're somebody who's into that, then great. This is perfect for you. For the rest of us that actually like learning things, maybe let's just move on to the next one. How much are you paying attention to Kirk Cousins and what's going to happen with him and his contract at the quarterback position? I mean, I mean I've, I've been a part of Kirk's you know, career ever since I started it, you know, with the Vikings. Uh, so the past, you know, four years, uh, he's been my quarterback. So, uh, you know, of course I'm, I'm tuned in to, to where he's going to go, if he's still going to be with us or not, uh, and, you know, what our plans are in the future. Uh, of course, you know, I, I want him to, to be with us, and, you know, he's been a, a tremendous factor uh, in us winning games and, and being a, a big part in the league. Uh, so, you know, it, it definitely it is what it is at the end of the day, uh, whether he's with us or not, but uh, something that I can't control, but I definitely would like him uh, to, to be with us. Well, let me follow on that because I know you'd like that. And listen, he throws you the ball. Right. He wants Justin Jefferson, believes in you, understands right. your talent, who you are, and what you bring to the table. Let's say things don't work out with Kirk Cousins. Let's say he goes elsewhere, signs mm -hmm. a contract elsewhere. What kind of questions will you ask? Because you're due a new contract. You want to be in the Super Bowl. You want to take your game, your name, your legacy to a different level. Mm -hmm. If Kirk Cousins isn't back, how does that impact your future in Minnesota? Um, I feel like that's something that uh, to really answer on a little bit later on down the, down the road once we, we kind of do figure out what's, what's going on. Uh, but I always will continue to be myself at the end of the day. Uh, I always will continue to, to put everything on the line to, to get our team wins and to do everything possible for us to, to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really 100% matter uh, whether Kirk stays or not because I'm going to continue to be the same type of player uh, but of course you know ha having him in that building uh, especially with the connection that we already had built on uh, just the connection that we have in general just off the field uh, it is something that you know it took time you know so to have you know a new person in the building uh, you know it's going to take time to, to really get connected with them and to have you know that spark like how me and Kirk had all right uh, I also just want to say if Adam Shine if you're listening to this 
Really great interview. That that's a good job uh, driving at a potentially sensitive issue, but like in a way that actually is still leaving the conversation open ended and and like encouraging an insightful answer, which you got. Uh, that's awesome stuff. I love that. Um, so the uh, what did we learn? Right? What's the information? Okay. The biggest thing to me is that it doesn't one hundred percent matter. Right. Where he says, hey, I love Kirk. I would love Kirk back. You know, I, I think the thing at the end about him, like, building a chemistry with Kirk Cousins is very uh, interesting. And, like, actually a pretty good point about, you know, building chemistry with the quarterback. You're going to have to start that all over. You're not necessarily interested in doing that. Makes sense. But also, I can't control it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be me, right? That's To me, that means if he does go, it's not going to be the end of my career. We'll figure it out. We'll move on. And I'm going to be able to cope with that. Right. So it's interesting. Like the, the Sirius XM radio account, the, the mad dog radio account tweeted the quote, of course, I want him to be with us. He's been a tremendous factor in us winning games. But to me, the, the quote that matters is it doesn't hundred percent matter. Right. That I, I don't know, but maybe that's just bias. Right. But it, it, you can put that quote in whatever article you want. And choose either or to be the one that you use for your headline. And I think it kind of tells you a lot about who you're reading or listening to. And I don't think that there's a way around that bias. So I guess mine has to show too. All right. So I I think that's what we get from from those interviews. And honestly, that's really, really similar to everything that Justin Jefferson has said all offseason long. That's there's not a lot of new information there. He's very clearly got his lines that he's going to say in every interview. And he's going to say the same thing over and over and over and over again, until the situation changes somehow. So let's talk about how the situation can change with both a, uh, a, a, a trade, I guess people just keep like asking about that. Uh, I guess I'll give it the time of day for one segment of a show, and then we'll actually do the thing that could happen, which is a contract extension. So that's all coming up. Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by Nissan and their lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue, for example, is perfect perfect for city drives and great escapes, and you no longer have to fiddle around with connecting your phone or anything like that. It has a built-in assistant, Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store, all into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. 2024 Nissan Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Or how about the Nissan Pathfinder? The 2024 Pathfinder has room for up to eight passengers and expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability. 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing. This thing is going to get the job done no matter what that job is. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. Hey, if you liked the J.J. McCarthy episode from yesterday, or if you're interested in hearing about J.J. McCarthy, listen to yesterday's episode and then go to patreon.com slash NFL where I put all of those things into a video form and showed my work and showed examples and kind of showed you what I'm talking about. Uh, it's about 40 minutes long and it's free to watch. So go check that out. And if you liked it, I would encourage you to join me as a patron. But hey, as always, no pressure. Also, go check out the Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel where you can find a national version of the 24-7 live stream. We've had this at Locked On Minnesota Sports for a good while, and now we have it at Locked On Sports Today 
with uh, all locked on everything, twenty four seven. It's just it's like a sports TV network, but but right there on YouTube, uh, just nonstop locked on shows just like this one for every team, every college, national shows, betting shows, fantasy shows, all of that stuff. So go to the Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel and find that live stream. All right. Let's uh, let's dance with the devil a little bit, shall we? So I see a lot of everybody. I it's it's great. I'm not subtweeting a specific Viking show. I can't be subtweeting a specific Viking show because every Viking show has done this. They've all had the what if we trade Justin Jefferson episode. I'm not going to do that episode. Uh, I will tell you in a segment why that's a bad idea in the interest of, you know, hey, no bad, you know, no stupid questions. Let's let's actually engage with this. Uh, but only in the interest of like completionism and, uh, just, you know, the, the, one of the, the core like philosophies that I have is to check in on the obvious stuff when you're trying to learn something like check in on the stuff you take for granted just in case, right? Cause you never know when you're going to figure out that the earth is round. So let's check in on the obvious stuff, right? And, and the way that I think about trading a Vikings player away, because there are times when trading a Vikings player away can be a profitable transaction. And ultimately, that's what you're trying to get, right? There's something I've been saying a lot lately, and it keeps coming up, which is like, like there's no bad way to get good players. And there's no good way to get bad players, right? Uh, whether you're trading a lot of players, trading for a lot of players, you know, trading players for picks and then picking good players with those draft picks. If you hit on those players, those players that you're that are coming in are better than the players that are going out, you're doing well, right? And if not, then, you know, that's the opposite. So when it comes to Justin Jefferson and the prolific talent that he is, uh, the everybody will ask, okay, what's the trade price? What's the that's a question I get in like every mailbag, but what is the price where you would say yes? Because you know, everybody has their price. And I think it would probably mean I like I would probably need to get like my answer to that has always been you need to get me a quarterback or set me up to get a quarterback. You know, I need one overall and like and probably and then some uh, like give me one and nine. Then we can start talking right then. OK, Bears, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, the like that's what it has to be, because right now, Justin Jefferson is the franchise. If I am giving you the guy who is the franchise, I need a franchise in return. Uh, so. It's really funny when you see stuff, and it's coming from people who aren't Vikings fans that are just trying to hype up their own crowd that say, you know, the Patriots deal that I think it was like the 11th pick, Justin Jefferson, and something else to the Patriots for pick number three, which is so funny. Like, what <laughs> What are you doing? In what world? And I, I think, oh no, it was Colin Coward. That was the deal. Uh, somebody on Colin Coward's show was like, that would like propose that trade it was like New England says yes to that 10 out of 10 times. Like, yeah, of course, I'll give you a dollar. If you give me a million dollars, I say yes to that transaction 100 times out of 100. Absolutely. But instead of just dunking on like bad trade proposals from radio shows, how about uh, talking about the, the merits of this? Right. And the thing about draft picks, which is what you're getting in return nine times out of 10 in a Justin Jefferson trade um. The thing about draft picks is that they are probabilistic assets. They are dice rolls. They they can work out and they can not work out. Number one overall can be Joe Burrow. It can be Bryce Young. And you don't really get a way to know. If you look at the things that people say about Bryce Young going in, into the draft and Joe Burrow going into the draft, you, you, you probably wouldn't have guessed how both of those guys worked out, right? And, and that's the thing about the draft. It is a world of unknowns. You will hit on picks. You will miss on picks. Nobody hits on all of them. Nobody misses on all of them. Um, so with that in mind, you trading Justin Jefferson will always run the risk 
of all of those draft picks coming in and turning into players that aren't very good? Even if it's three first round picks, what if those three first round picks are Mike Hughes, Laquan Treadwell, and one gets traded for Sam Bradford? Because that's that was three consecutive first round picks for the like that. That's the risk, right? That's not every time. Sometimes that can be, uh, you know, Anthony Barr into uh, Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith. That was also three consecutive first round picks like that can happen, too. So think about this in like which outcomes mean we came ahead, right? And you, you, you do a little square if you want to. Let's say we trade Justin Jefferson for two first round picks just to keep things nice and clean. Two first round picks come back, right? Well, the scenario where both of those guys bust out, right? They're both uh, Matt Khalil's. That one, we didn't come out ahead, right? We just turned Justin Jefferson into two Matt Khalil's. We did not get the better end of that deal. So that's a big old X, right? Then there's a situation where we hit on one of them and we miss on one of them, which is probably the most likely thing, right? If you think about draft picks as coin flips, which is very crude and overly reductive, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Let's say we win one, we lose one, right? We get one that is Harrison Smith and one that is Matt Khalil, okay? Did we come out ahead there? <laughs> we got one good player, one good first round player and one player we don't really care about for Justin Jefferson. So only if that player is better than Justin Jefferson, who is arguably the best football player in the league. Feels really rare for that to be a situation where we feel like we came out ahead. The only one where we can come out ahead is the one where both those guys hit, where we slam dunk all of it, right? And in that one, you'll get, let's say, modest, hit, like uh, Jordan Addison, right? He's I, I would definitely call him a hit so far. But a modest hit. He still had a couple of games where he wasn't so good. He still has flaws, right? He's not the superstar of superstars, at least not yet. Um, so would you trade Justin Jefferson for two Jordan Addisons or Jordan Addison caliber players? I, I don't know if you come out ahead in that still. So show me the world where you come out ahead. Show me the world where this is a profitable thing to do. The idea of, you know, taking the, the thing you have now and trying to parlay it into more assets and, and more value and trying to come out ahead in that is really easy to think about in abstract. And it's really easy to say, well, yeah, you know, uh, I'm basically making the a boat's a boat, but a mystery box can be anything. It, it could even be a boat. I'm basically making that argument. But like, I want to really challenge people. What do the Vikings have to get in return and how well does that have to go? Even you get three first round picks. We have to like probably hit on all three of those to come out ahead. It just, it doesn't feel like there is a world where we get more value than Justin Jefferson is worth. He might be the most valuable non quarterback in the league. In fact, last year when he was fully healthy, he won offensive player of the year, which is arguably an award for that. So unless it sets us up with a quarterback and we hit on that quarterback, it doesn't feel like that's the move. And, and it's a total non-starter if you have to give Justin Jefferson and more. Um, I just don't see the world where it is profitable, right? Even if you want to factor in the cap, which we will talk about the money that he's, he's going to make here in just a second. But even if you factor that in, what does $30 million get you? That's better than Justin Jefferson. Daniel Jones doesn't even get you Daniel Jones. If you want to talk about spending that on a quarterback, right? It gets you like half of the way to what? Jordan Love, maybe? I don't know what he's going to make this offseason. Like half of Jordan Love? That's what you're, you're going to give up Justin Jefferson for half of Jordan Love? That just doesn't feel like a profitable transaction to me. It doesn't feel like there's any world where there's a profitable transaction that doesn't also involve like slam dunking like four draft picks in a row. 
Uh, I, I just, I, I don't see it except for the very tail end of the bell curve. I don't, I don't see a profitable world. That's why I think Justin Jefferson trading him is a bad idea. It's, it's not like some clinging to emotion or whatever. I get that, you know, you got to kill your darlings, that kind of thing. I get it, and I get that the, the NFL is a cold and ruthless business, but it's a cold and ruthless business in the interest of making profitable transactions, not pissing away your best player so that you can daydream about hitting on an unreasonable amount of draft picks for two months before you get disappointed when some of them turn out to be Lewis seen. All right, get real and get a grip, everybody. Come on now. It's time to put some effort into our content, okay? And that's, that's to everybody. We'll talk about the contract next. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info, claim as of Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Moving on with this episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, it's time to talk about exactly what a Justin Jefferson contract would look like. I have done a couple of shows with like some kind of quick and dirty proxy contracts just to get a sense for what his cap hit would be in the interest of just setting up context for a different exercise. But let's really get down and deep with it and, and talk about where we left negotiations last time, at least last we knew about it per the reports that are out there. Uh, and what those numbers would actually look like and how they would affect the cap moving forward. So we'll pull up the old contract constructor at uh, overthecap.com and we'll try to make something. And if, if you want, you can pause and you can look at all of the different things, cash flows, uh, dead money, depending on when you cut him or post-June or all that stuff. You can see how all of it works. So uh, let's dive in. By the way, if you are not watching, if you're listening, which is most of you, I'll be as descriptive as possible. So I'm going to say a lot of numbers at you. So if that's not how your brain works, I, I maybe recommend pausing and going to the video version when you can and and, and listening to the rest there. Uh, but for everybody else, here we go. All right. So in this giant incomprehensible spreadsheet that some of you are looking at and the rest of you are lucky enough not to, uh, I have compiled what I think is the required amount of money, at least according to Brad Spielberger and what I've seen kind of everywhere. Everybody says four years, 125 million. That's roughly what Tyreek Hill got, plus, I guess, an adjustment for inflation. So that's essentially still the the biggest wide receiver contract. It would be the biggest wide receiver contract in history. It would um, I, I think it would basically do it. I've done absolutely no uh, extra money stuff. I have changed his 2024 cap hit none. So it's still 19.7 million. It has had no impact on the 2024 cap. This is all extensions after his fifth year option has been played out. So 25, 26, 27, 28, and he'll make 31 and a quarter million dollars in each of those years. This is functionally how this thing can work. And, uh, the question is about guarantees. So, 2024 is fully guaranteed. That's how the fifth year options work. 2025, probably no issue making that fully guaranteed. 2026, probably no issue making that fully guaranteed. Uh, now, here's the deal. He kind of wanted that, like, that was also, the, it's almost the same issue as with Kirk, with with Quasi not wanting to like guarantee an extra year there. Um, that seemed to be the difference 
this is, I mean, the numbers probably aren't the same and it's, it's probably a much more complex structure, but 24, 25, 26 fully guaranteed money for something like 125 mil over four years of an extension is close ish. I would guess to what was reported to be the contract extension, Justin Jefferson's camp put on Quasi's desk before the season started. And that's a really important thing to remember here. I think we make that situation out to be because everybody's psychoanalyzing Justin Jefferson and we make that situation out to be, oh, he's never going to stay, right? Oh my goodness, he's such a he's such a Bengal, right? He's such a patriot or whatever. Um, and you got to remember, he like said, here, I'll here's one, I'll sign it. If you guys are good with these numbers, I'll sign it. And Quasey was like, now nah, we're not good with these, with those numbers. So that's where the ball was, right? That's like it's in Quasey's court as this thing starts out. Now, obviously, all the void year people, the deadline's a lot tighter there. That's going to get all handled first. Uh, but this is the the structure, right? Um, so here's something else that we can do on top of this. We can actually take 2024's cap hit and move it down by using signing bonus stuff and making this contract escalate in the way that I know Rob Brzezinski loves to do. He does this with basically every contract. They all start small and then escalate. And so when you've got somebody in the third or fourth year of their contract, when the guarantees aren't necessarily as prohibitive, that's when the contract numbers get up higher and that's when cap casualties become a better idea and also a lot more doable. Um, it's, it's very much designed that way on purpose. Uh, some of you are going to love this. Not really a reason for void years in this one. Uh, void years are only good for signing bonus proration and signing bonuses don't prorate out past the fifth year of the contract, which would be 2028. So that's a real year in this contract. So there's no reason to put a void year on it. Uh, you might add void years on in three, four years. If you want to do like restructure nonsense, that's a question for 2027, Luke, if there's still society and an internet by then. Uh, so let's do some signing bonus shenanigans, right? Let's just do a nice clean uh, 2 million left in base salary, which means we would have 17 million and 743,000 in signing bonus. And then we'll have his base salary be 2 million. So he gets the same amount of money in 2024, but it just accounted on the cap differently. Suddenly his cap number has dropped to five and a half million. You just made 14 million cap space by extending Justin Jefferson. Seems pretty cool, right? Now, if you look 34 mil each year is pretty rough, but the other thing is that there is cap inflation. The salary cap in 2028 is going to be a lot bigger, especially once we start getting sports books and stadiums and stuff like that. That's going to be a lot bigger because it is tied to NFL revenue and NFL revenue likes to grow. It's what Commissioner Goodell is best at. <laughs> and boy, he's not best at some other stuff. Uh, <laughs> so if we try to tie it to that, we can have really sensible cap numbers all the way down um, and still never really feel like this is a prohibitive contract. I mean, 34 mil in 2025 is a lot for a wide receiver, but in 2028, that might not even be top 10 money for a wide receiver, right? So maybe we can push some of that money back. Uh, we can maybe take three years, three million out of 2025 and add it to 2028. This is the same amount of money. We still have a maximum value on this contract extension of $125 million, uh, we can do kind of the same thing for 2026 and 2027, but for, we'll say only one and a half million. So we'll have uh 29.75 and then, uh, 32.75.
I think I did that math, right? Yes, I did. 125, still the maximum value. And now this contract escalates ever so slightly a little bit uh, by year. Here's the secret. With these four base salary numbers, you can kind of do like whatever you want. But there are some other tricky tricks that can be uh, included in this for guys that get a little bit older. I don't think this is appropriate for Justin Jefferson right now. This is more for, I mean, if he like tears his Achilles or something like that, uh, you know, something like what Daniel Hunter went through, then it makes more sense to put that on contracts. But for this one where he's been healthy, except for the hamstring injury, which hamstring injuries don't tend, like once they heal, they tend to heal fully. You don't need to do this. But just for the sake of learning, let's pretend that we want an out in 2026 uh, but Justin Jefferson still wants 2026 to be a functionally guaranteed year. We can change those into vested guarantees, which is what Quasi wants to do. This is the uh, th- this is the, the the battleground here: vested guarantees versus full guarantees. So vested guarantees work in very much the same way that fully guaranteed money works. You're gonna see that money functionally the way it always plays out. You're gonna see that money. The way you do not see that money is if you are, say, released in 2025, the year before those guarantees vest. So usually these vested guarantees, by vest, it just means they they lock in, they become full guarantees um, on like March 4th or whatever of the year before. So this 2026 money will lock in on March 4th, 2025. So as long as you're not cut by then or like the, the first day of the new league year or whatever. So as long as you're not cut before then, um, you're going to see that money, right? And the reason to do that has more to do with the team's cash flow and like finances and their taxes than it does with, and like how, how much like liquid cash they need to have on hand when they sign the contract. Uh, it, like it changes that when you fully guarantee a, a wide receiver money, or any player money, you have to basically put that money aside in escrow so that that money is available, even if the business goes out, right? Even if the NFL collapses, there will still be money in a bank somewhere because you signed a contract that said you were going to get that money and it guarantees that you get that money. That's how these things work. For vested guarantees, you don't need to put that money aside until the guarantees vest, until that's that magical March 4th or whatever it is date. Um, you then you put the money aside, which makes it a lot easier cash flow wise because you don't have to like get a hundred million dollars in liquid cash to sign this contract. That can be a pretty difficult thing to do, like banking wise, but it doesn't change anything on the salary cap in any functional way. So if you hear vested guarantees versus full guarantees and you don't care about like Ziggy Wilf's pocketbook, you can mostly ignore it. Now, my understanding is that Justin Jefferson's issue is with this is that it feels like a hedge. Uh, and that, that, you know, it's, 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 you got to believe in me, right? Don't you believe that I'm going to be here and everything like that? Uh, but I don't know if the, I, I, I'm going off the dome here. I don't remember actually if the problem was invested guarantees versus full guarantees, or if they didn't want to guarantee 2026, for example, let's say they wanted to only guarantee 16 mil of 2026, and maybe they only wanted to guarantee 20 mil of, uh, of 2025, if you did that, and you can actually see the like cap savings if cut and everything like that, the Vikings could sign a deal like that with with fewer guarantees, and uh, actually cut him post June first in twenty twenty five with a post June first designation and save eight million dollars on their cap. Which I don't know why you'd ever do that, but 
it would be an option, right? Options are never bad. But Justin Jefferson doesn't want you to have that option. And so there could be something like that going on. I don't know the exact details. I, we're not going to know the exact details. But that's the kind of thing you can do. You can play around with this apparatus that that you see on the screen here if you're watching. Uh, it's at overthecap.com. It's the contract constructor. It's uh, right up at the top of the page. So you can play around with it too and, and see sort of learn how these things tend to go down. Um, but I guess the the big takeaway from this exercise is... There's not like a whole lot that isn't available to contract negotiations here. This is very much a matter of what each side is willing to to say yes to. And if anything about that has changed over the last year, as a year has gone by uh, in like where they ended up in the negotiations. But it did, it did sound like the negotiations had settled mostly on numbers and were really trying to figure out guarantees and structure at the end, and then they kind of ran out of time. So we'll see if they get it done this time. So thank you so much for making this episode of Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. The Justin Jefferson ones are only going to get snarkier until discourse improves. I'll see you guys all tomorrow for something maybe a little bit more uh, relevant to the current moment. And as always, Skull.